we're watching at the bar and, and one of my my buddies is like has no idea what is going on so I, I i'm you know had a few and i'm just like oh yeah all right i'm gonna explain all of it to you really quickly right now okay so this guy is in fifth but his team sucked for the last 10 years and they used to be really good in the 90s because they had this uh this uh suspension that was better than everybody else's and it would adjust to the curves of the track and they dominated and then but they're a family-owned team and then all the companies came in and they decided to inject all these teams with money and they fell behind and then now they sold to an american team so now they're kind of good and now look at that him being up in fifth place that's a huge deal and this guy over here he just crashed out in q1 oh q1 by the way that's where they go from 20 to 15 and q2 is 15 to 10 and then Q3 is where they set the final 10. And they're like, and this, this is, you really like this, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I really like this. This is awesome. Buddy's like, bro, all <laughs> I did was ask you if you wanted another beer. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Yes. Always. <laughs> that's, th- by the way, that is the, that is the perfect uh, Twitter clip right there. Cut, dry. That's going to be our social media for the week. That's it, baby. It's the start of a new era. It's a new podcast. Welcome to the Gridiron Podcast. See the play on the name. I'm Nick Shook. That is Sean Barry. And right there in the middle is Katie Caldwell. This is episode one of our new podcast where... If you didn't understand by the title, we talk about football and Formula One, and we had a hell of a race for many different reasons. In Australia over the weekend, guys, I am so excited to start this new show, this new podcast with you two, and where we're refocused, where we can, you know, get into all this, and and we got a lot to get into here. Uh, You know, let's, let's just get right into it. Why don't we, huh? Sure. I'm still confused. Uh, what part of the title is about football and what part is about Formula One? Is it the iron part about Formula One because like the cars? No, that's carbon fiber. It... Okay. So the grid is the Formula One. The iron is the football. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. Because, you know, the grid, the, the field, right? Right, Katie? Grid. Oh, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> it is episode one of the Gridiron podcast. And like we said, you know, the, the race in Australia was a great one. Uh, one filled with a lot of safety cars and red flags. And I think we hit the trifecta, right? We got the, we got the VSC. We got the full safety. We got multiple red flags. We got controversy with how they ended the race. We got all types of great driving and sloppy driving. We got a slightly slippery track. We got a great performance out of a legend. In uh, among the others on the grid, in Lewis Hamilton, uh, what was the number one thing that jumped out to you in the madness that took pa- took place at Albert Park? Katie, go ahead. Oh God, I don't even know where to start with this one. Ferrari is still a clown show. The FIA is still an unserious organization. Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes is looking better, and that brings me a lot of joy. But there's so much to get into. But I'm excited for the FIA conversation that we'll lead into because. That was messy. <laughs> I'm just so surprised that, you know, this race started 1 a.m. East Coast, and I couldn't stay awake past the formation lap. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> I felt so old. So I knew this race was happening. I, I knew, like, I needed to be awake and alert at 1 a.m., and I'm like, That's fine. I stay up till 2 a.m. on a weeknight. Like, I'm a night owl, but for some reason, 
Maybe it was the anticipation of waiting all day for this race. Maybe it was the fact that I walked like five miles around downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, but somehow I, I literally was nodding off to sleep as the formation lap was occurring. And then I jolted myself awake during the first red flag on lap nine. And then somehow jolted myself awake again on lap 56 and then again on lap 57. <laughs> like every time there was a red flag and you just heard Crofty's voice screaming for some reason, I woke up. And I'm like, all right, I recorded this. Thank God I'm going to need to watch it tomorrow morning because I have no idea what in the hell is happening. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the madness on the track with with the, the multiple wrecks. I was going to ask you, was it the, the, the smashing of carbon fiber that got you? No, you can't hear that. There's no mics that close to the track. It was... David Croft, of course, uh, losing his mind over the insanity. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the opening lap, though, here real quick, okay? Uh, Max Verstappen suddenly beat to the, basically to the second turn, not quite the first turn, but the second turn by a competitor. A uh, bit of a surprise there is, um, is, is that an indicator of things potentially to come among the, the, the rest of the grid? Maybe Red Bull isn't as dominant as we thought, or was it just a good start out of George Russell? That's I think a good start out of George Russell. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. You're right. right. <laughs> oh, no, I was getting, so, yeah, no, that was a good start by George Russell. He beat Max Verstappen off the line. But I think this track, I don't want to take too much away from Mercedes because they did have a very good weekend except for George Russell's car blowing up and catching fire. But maybe the Mercedes was just reacting to the track a little bit more than the other cars were. I'm not sure like, Mercedes is going to be that fast because this weekend they were the second fastest car. And they were a lot closer to Red Bull than, you know, say, Aston Martin was. Because if you remember back to, I think it was Bahrain, week one, you know, um, Fernando Alonso had that five-second penalty. And he was about four and a half seconds ahead of George Russell. And they said, hey, Fernando, uh, if you want this podium, you're going to need to be five seconds at least ahead of George. And he was five seconds ahead of George like that. Like, okay, sure, gotcha. And he gained a half a second on him real fast. That wasn't the case this week. so. Is the Mercedes getting better? Yes, they seem very excited. You could tell in Lewis's, you know, post-race radio message to his team, he was excited just to get second place and be back on the podium. Uh, but it was also probably track-specific a little bit. I mean, well, I, even you if, have to be somewhat encouraged, right? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Big time. Yeah, go ahead, Kate. I was just going to say, yeah. even if Max didn't get off his... Uh, sounded weird. Even if he didn't get off as quickly off the line... <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> restart. <laughs> Red flag. Um, the pure pace of the Red Bull, like the Mercedes did look a lot better. And we were all texting during qualifying, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. And like they were both in the top three. It was it gives me a lot of hope as a Mercedes fan, but then in terms of pure pace when you're in the race, like I don't think any car is coming even close to the Red Bull. Like that it did surprise me with Checo um going through the field, and I thought he'd go through a little quicker. That I don't think that was his best race. But in terms of Mercedes, like Lewis, when he came out of the car, he said, because everybody's all excited and he couldn't find his team. <laughs> but um, <laughs> did you guys see that where he's I like, where so the bleep lonely. is my team? <laughs> but he even it's said in his interview, like, I don't feel, I still feel really, really disconnected from the car. So it was pretty cool. And whether he does or not, it seemed like he was doing just fine in it. But other than George's catching on fire, which that did look like effortlessly cool when it was on fire. I know it's really dangerous, <laughs> but it looked so cool and fast when it was on fire. But even if he's disconnected to, to it, they're only going to get better through the season, I think. Like, I, I think everybody 
would imagine that they have this big upgrade or small upgrades, like I'm anticipating a total redesign of the car, but hopefully it just gets better from here because it's more fun when it's not just Red Bull. Obviously, I think it still will be just Red Bull for a lot of the season, but who knows what Mercedes is able to do. I miss Lewis and Max I mean, fighting. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, we all miss that. But I, it, this is two straight weeks now in which one of the Red Bulls has had an issue in qualifying and has kind of opened the door for the rest of the field to get involved. You know, not necessarily that they're going to hawk the leader. You know, that Red Bull car is so much better. But it has opened the door to where they're not going to be one, two guaranteed, you know, lockout on the front row of the grid where they can get up there, where you can get a good start from George Russell and he can get in front of Max. Is he going to hold on to that lead? Probably not, but it's going to make it interesting, which I think is mm-hmm. more than what we had, you know, going into the season, especially in Bahrain. And, and, and if anything, that offers more intrigue to me. And maybe, you know, if Lewis says he's this disconnected from the car, kind of like what you just said, Katie, uh, I think that over time, if he ever gets connected to the car, I mean, it can't be as bad as the boat they drove last year that maybe they, it does get more interesting. And you can't discount the fact that Aston Martin is still right on their tails. I mean, it's not as good of a car, but they're still making it interesting as well. They're still right on their tails. They, and they have Fernando Alonso, who, by the way, was pretty surprising that he wasn't able to catch Lewis. That was really exciting for me from a Mercedes perspective that Lewis, because I'm just watching the intervals and I'm like, all right, 1.5, all right, 1.3. He's going to catch him eventually. And he just never did. And he said afterward, I tried to force him to make a mistake and he never did because that's the type of driver he is. So that's encouraging. You know, like like we said, Red Bull's probably going to win the championship. Max is probably going to win another championship. But at least there's some sort of threat instead of a dominant snooze fest all season, which is what we used to get with, uh, you know, with Lewis and Valtteri when they were with Mercedes. So it is kind of exciting. I don't think we're going to get any kind of incitement, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm completely disagreeing with you here, because if you look that's at the fine. first three races so far... <laughs> The only reason we haven't had a Red Bull 1-2 lockout on the front row all three races is because our race two in Saudi Arabia, Max had mechanical failure during qualifying. Uh, This week, Checo just had a terrible week of qualifying. There was rain, and he had to start far back, too. So, like, yeah, sure, we're not going to get a 1-2 lockout if they're going to keep making mistakes like that. And, you know, we're going to have Max on pole or Checo on pole and then someone else back in, like, 12th or 13th. They're still going to carve their way through the field. A one-two then is unrealistic over a 50, 60, 70 lap race, no matter if you're driving a Rebel or not. You still have to carve your way through the field. Um, And Max almost did it last week in Saudi Arabia. So the only reason we haven't had three Red Bull one-twos, three Red Bull front row lockouts is because there has been some sort of mechanical failure or mistake along the way. It's been self-inflicted, not because the Mercedes is too fast, not because Fernando Alonso is keeping pace. It's just been, you know self-inflicted yeah but at the same time that's the same story for ferrari last year i mean because they had the best car early last year and then they botched it so many times that red bull ran away with it if it wasn't for their failures whether it was strategy mechanical driver error then it would have been a much more interesting season so who's to say that that doesn't happen consistently now red bull of course has proven that they can figure the things out but there's the cost capped involved and and they are you know under the watchful eye is it though is you know, it though not, not, don't over don't over <laughs> is it though for red bull year, is okay? it though hey watch it you better ration that food or you're gonna be in big trouble the uh, cost as cap a is reminder. more of just a gentle recommendation i've heard yes it's yeah. a cost suggestion. A cost like suggestion, the, the, the one might say. Salary cap in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure you know they'll bend the rules, whatever they got to do to win, because it is a ruthless sport. But we'll see. Uh, as a reminder to those who are watching on Twitch, first off, thank you for joining us for the first episode of the Gridiron Podcast. New show, baby. Uh, 
you are also invited to chime in via the comments, via the chat. We will put your comments up on the screen as we go throughout the show. If you want to chime in on any part of the discussion, if you don't have any clue about Formula One, first off, go watch it on the Drive to Survive series on Netflix. That'll get you up to speed. Uh, or ask us any questions. We'd be happy to questions. answer them. Yes, we will be happy to explain anything to you as we are still newly minted F1 fans the last three or four years. Katie, how's your second season of diehard Formula One fandom going? It's been so fun. <laughs> I love <Nah>. this sport. <laughs> I love having things when, like, hockey's on right now, basketball's on, but then I love having it all through the summer, like knowing that this we're going until, is it November? It just feels good. Yeah, it just like feels good to know that we're Christmas. just starting. And then when yeah, football we, and Formula One is on at the same time, what a gift. I love summer sports because oh, wow. I like baseball, but I don't love baseball. So I like having F1 during the summer. I'm pumped. Yeah. I, I, I like having F1 as a morning routine. You know, you wake mm -hmm. up Sunday, 9 a.m., lights go out, you're having your coffee, maybe have a little Irish coffee. Who's to say? Who's to judge? It's, uh, I don't know, it's a great way to start your week. Mm -hmm. Or if you're Sean last weekend, it's 1 a.m. and he sleeps. Did you sleep through qualifying too? Uh, no, no. See, that's the thing. I was up until like 3.30 watching qualifying. It was I spent all day uh, down in St. Pete with friends. We went to the Salvador Dali Museum. We walked around, got drinks, got dinner. And we probably walked a total of like three or four miles. Like we, we, we walked a lot. And it was just kind of an all-day thing in the heat. So I... Yeah, I, I just, I, I, wore, I wore myself out. I should have had a Red Bull. Florida oh. man walks too much. A monster. A monster. Oh, thank you. Right, uh... <laughs> Did no. you know they make a Lewis Hamilton flavor, like flavor, not flavored, a Lewis Hamilton monster? <laughs> Raising again, my God. <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> I'm going to leave that this one This has there. been the Gridiron Podcast. Sean's going to see himself out. We will see you next time. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, God. go to go to go to Dollar General. It's like uh, it says like Monster Number Forty Four, and then it has like a message from Lewis on the back. It's zero calories. Actually, it's pretty good. It's not uh, bad. Is it? Is the flavor called Still We Rise? I don't know. Still I, don't, we, I don't know. Still we fizz. It just it just says like Lewis Hamilton on like the top of the can it has like forty four on it. it has yeah. his like little winged logo, which I don't understand, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's there's good. way more potential than that uh, in that branding, but that's up to monster. All right. Uh, we have to have this tough discussion here, folks. To talk about the team that couldn't get out of its own way last year and doesn't seem like it's much of a threat this year. We are talking about the prancing horses or the prancing clowns as we came to know them last year. Ferrari, who had a good car last year, still has a pretty decent car. And yet for some reason, just can't put it together uh sean would you like to lead this discussion uh charles leclerc made it three corners before crashing out of uh, australia that's pretty much all you need to know and then uh, did it, his car blew up week one right finishes in like seventh eighth week two and then week three crashes out at the third corner on the first lap i feel bad for any ferrari fans that paid all that money to come see charles leclerc crash out lap one that's kind of what they've been. That's kind of what they've been. At least last year, the mistakes they were making weren't exactly driver error. It was more uh, team strategy, which led to Ferrari getting all these shakeups. They they pretty much fired their entire 
you know, strategy team. They fired their team principal, bringing in Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo Sauber. And all right, this is going to be the turnaround. We're going to like set this ship right. And they are so much worse off than they were last year this time around. Well, and every single one of their, oh yeah. Why? No, go ahead. No. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say every single one of their issues has all been separate. Like last year, like we've talked about, it was theirs to lose. So much of it was tire strategy, question, and like asking your drivers when you really, you should be instructing them. This year, every single issue already has been different from the other Ferrari's closer to Williams than Mercedes. Like oh. Charles is Charles is tied with Nico Hulkenberg and he's behind Lando. And we know how yes, bad the McLaren is. is. It's just McLaren is a donkey of a car. Totally. And they're so self-aware of that. They're so open about that. It's just I And like, they're in fifth place right now. <laughs> Charles has six points. After three he had races. 71 this time last year. 70 exactly. He had 71. Well, and then Carlos, like, man, I'm not a Ferrari fan. I like Carlos. I like Charles. But listening to Carlos on the radio wrecked me. Like, he, I, so he, that was just so tough. He got so screwed with that five-second penalty. He made a mistake. I think he should have lost a point or, a place or two. But hearing that emotion from him and he's, like, pleading to go to the FIA to plead his case, right. it was heartbreaking. And that should tell you everything you need to know about the state of Ferrari currently, that their driver is begging, pleading just to keep his third or fourth place on the grid. He was, it sounded like he was crying. I'm not going to make fun of him if he was crying because it's a very, like sports are emotional. Like there is a huge level of emotion in any sport you do, especially something like Formula One. But to hear him Begging, pleading with his team, saying like it's not fair. It was a lap one incident. Um, even Fernando Alonso, who got dumped by Carlos, you know, in, in that lap fifty-seven incident, said afterwards that penalty was was too harsh. Um, I understand why they levied it, but at the same time, the fact that Carlos was begging and pleading just for you know a fourth place finish tells you everything you need to know about where Ferrari is right now, a team that used to be used to winning races every week. Do we now begging for that third or fourth place finish? Do we view them any differently if that he doesn't get that penalty on that restart and he's contending for the podium? Is I this thought like Carlos a, had hey, a great race. Yeah, they, I mean he had otherwise I he had, think a, he had a great, great race. But that's what we're talking about. It seems like something they always snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That's true. That's the Ferrari way at this point. It's it's a bummer because they're a legacy team and they just don't live up to it at all. And and it takes away from some of the intrigue of, of the sport as a whole because you want, like, the NBA is better when the Lakers are good and football is better when the NFL is better when the Cowboys are good and the Yankees and baseball, you know, yeah, I mean, that's up to your personal opinion and there's probably a lot of Ferrari haters, but they got one of the most passionate fan bases out there and then they don't give them a reason to show up. They don't give them a reason to fly their flags unless they're in Italy. Like, it's, it's just, it's frustrating because you know that they showed that they could put together a good enough car last year and they've gotten in their way so many times they fire their team principal and it all ends up being the same outcome. I just, I want to rip my non-existent hair out of my head. Well, there's a little bit up here right now. I could probably pluck some. If you, if you and neither of us are actually Ferrari fans, but like you kind of feel bad for them at this point. Like how much can one fan base, how much can one team take of just 
random mistakes and just it it's murphy's law you know right anything that can happen will ferrari's law uh chime in from big b here who is constantly commenting on our show as always he's not familiar with formula one he said in the past uh when we talk about formula one that it's like we're talking spanish so he says this time the only sports i like to watch are nfl and golf well you're 50 percent of the way there with this podcast my friend we're not going to get into golf you can go to a number of different places for that uh, it is no, master's week though yeah it is master's week yeah that's true uh and if you stick around you might learn a thing or two about formula one so thanks for joining us and don't go anywhere osmosis eventually you'll pick up some <laughs> knowledge and maybe you'll just become a fan of the sport uh we have to shift gears here and start to point the blame away from Ferrari and toward the governing body of the sport. That is the FIA because what the hell was that finish? What I mean, what was that finish? I have, I have no answer for this. What, what do you guys think? John, Katie, go no, ahead. I'll no. turn it over to you. Oh, oh so here we go. Thoughts. <laughs> the the oh, FIA yeah. they shouldn't be such a consistent storyline. It's like any sports that we watch, football, basketball, you don't want to know the refs' names. You don't even want to think about the refereeing because you want it to just be part of the game. Are we talking about Formula One or the NCAA championship? <laughs> no <Ooh>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the FIA, though, they're giving main character energy. Like... They shouldn't be such a consistent storyline. And obviously the big talking point are the penalties and then the red flags. The purpose of a red flag is for safety. And this is such a dangerous sport. Of course, safety should be paramount. If you're throwing the red flag for the safety of the drivers, look at that restart. And you tell me that that was a safe situation. Like we've got two no. laps left with all to play for. The sun's right in their eyes. Of course, it's going to be pure chaos. That was a red flag that was thrown for pure entertainment. That last one with K-Mag with his wheel flying off. That wasn't a situation that needed a red flag. All of the commentators were like, what, are you serious? But it feels like it's the new reality. Like I went back and looked today in the entire 2018 and 2019 season, there wasn't a single red flag. Since then, there have been 16. Oh, research. Katie Caldwell and Gridiron Podcast. podcast. Research, my God. We need to call it what it is. It's entertainment over safety. And as a fan, I love a good standing start. But look at all the damage it costs. Look at a team like Alpine where they, yes, Pierre made a huge mistake, but they just got totally screwed and it ended up the lap just didn't even count or matter because they didn't make it one full sector. It just feels like their rulings are based on their rulings and emotions are based on what the consequences of what the actions were. So like Carlos gets five you, seconds and because he hit someone on the podium, whereas Logan Sargent, that was absolutely a penalty when he runs right into the back of Nick DeVries, no penalty. Pierre Gasly, who if he gets any more penalty points, he's going to get a race ban. Not one penalty point. You know they're not going to actually like award someone a race ban unless it's so unless you know, it's very like Draymond they Green. Because <laughs> they're not going to award anyone an actual race ban, no matter what they do, just because you have ten teams, twenty drivers. Your entire organization is about marketing these twenty best drivers in the world. They're not going to take one of them off the grid. They're just not going to do it. It's just back so in the day when like you had teams. Exactly, it is. I'm agreeing with you there, but Nick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is it or is it not a motor race? Oh, all right, Michael Massey. <laughs> is it or is it not a motor race? We, it is a motor race. So while, soon. yes, you are supposed to. It is too soon. No, it's not. It was that. over a year ago. Get over it. 
two. More, more two. on that later. But yes, are the red flags dropping for entertainment purposes? Yes. And I'm actually okay with that because it is motor racing. We don't want to see these races ended under yellow flags. Okay. And we're hopefully not going to see that a lot. I'm fine with a standing start and a red flag and a two lap shootout. That's what we wanted to see in Abu Dhabi 2020, isn't it? Or 2021? 2021. Isn't that what we wanted to see? No, instead we get the debacle that has that costed Lewis Hamilton his eighth world title. I would have been everyone would have been happy with a with a one or two lap shootout on new tires. That would have been great. That's what we got I was in Australia. All up for That's it. what we got in Australia. And wasn't that entertaining, at least? For a corner. And a half, two corners. I mean, once two corners. once the Alpines took each other out, I was like, "Oh, oh, it's not just Fernando getting turned around." Oh my god! What I what I was kind of confused about though um, was so the lap didn't happen, right? Like that lap technically didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And Fernando Alonso, by the way, how smart was he? The fact that he had just gotten turned around and his brain was already like, "Hey, I'm referencing this obscure race like last year, two thousand nine. Like they did this at Silverstone. Check the rule. I can be back in third place. And they're like, yep, you can go back to third place. Meanwhile, Pierre, who crashed into his teammate Esteban Ocon, they didn't finish in the points at all, even though the lap never happened. Yeah. All of it and just didn't make a lot of sense because it doesn't seem like they know their own rulebook super well. The FAA takes like 30 minutes to figure it out. Fernando's still spinning in the car and he's like, this is the rule. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah because you're yeah, right he knew more about the rule than like the that. fia did in that moment and Maybe. all that all that it led to was a mclaren double points finish let's go baby let's oh go. my god a, a double go. points finish he didn't even really deserve uh I, i'll say this um <laughs> what you want to debate that as you're wearing your mclaren shirt I, lando was at least going to finish in the points yeah yeah, we almost got a Nico Hulkenberg podium. By the way, do you realize how close we were to a Nico Hulkenberg podium? I know we were podium? very close. Oh, I, I, know. I was that was one of the one disappointing moments there in in that in that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It, so if you re, let's say you reset, why, why can't you just reset and do it again? Is it, it was it a time? I don't think it was a time thing. They were coming up on it, but it, 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 they just ended up. All right, let's just do a parade. It's like the parade we got at Spa in the rain. It just doesn't make it. There's no consistency here. And it's so funny because when these things happen, watching the broadcasters who are covering this event flip through the rule book in real time, like they're, they're like, well, we don't know what could happen. Well, maybe this could happen. Well, maybe this could happen. Let's go down to the pit wall. What does he think? And he's like, oh, I'm on page 58 and I still haven't found anything yet. It's like, why does it need to be this complicated? Does common sense not exist anywhere? Not even in Sean Motor Racing? I don't think so. I, that concerns me. The great dumb down has finally hit the grid. Oh, Lord. You have, a, you have a bunch of American fans and new fans that want to see racing and don't want to see the old rules of yesteryear where, where gentlemen are racing under a yellow flag for 10 laps just to finish a race. No, we want to see action. You know how you're going to lose fans? Races finishing under safety cars again yeah. and again. It's like I, I even tweeted, I was like, yeah, I too enjoy a parade. Like, <laughs> what's the point? It's not what we came out for. That's not what I stayed up until 3.30 in the morning on Sunday is to watch them parade around for the final two laps when we could have had a shootout. I mean, it w- could we have seen more carnage? Yeah, but that's that's also motor racing, and we were robbed of that. Once again, it's not the first time that's happened. It's not going to be the last time that happens either. Uh, chime in here from my guy Logan, uh, former intern at the NFL who is now at NBC Sports. He said, who will be the first non-Red Bull driver to win in 2023, if any? That's a good question. Mm. I have my answer. 
Oh, go. Let it, let it rip. Fernando Alonso. Ah, yes. El Plan. Hashtag Mission 33. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what that means, he's trying to get his 33rd career win. Um, yeah, it's, prob- it's probably either him or Lewis or George, right? But c- could Ferrari just be sneaky quick one, one week? This is a sport in which Pierre Gasly once won a race. Daniel Albon once won a race in an- <laughs> What about when we get to Monza and that Williams is just super quick down the straights? Could, could Alex Albon or Logan That would be so fun. Oh, grab so a race fun. win. I was so bad he had to leave that race. He was having such a good race. He looked so good in quality. Uh, like we were yeah. all texting about it. I was totally on the Alex Albon train. That was really hard to watch him going to the wall. He put down a heater of a lap in qualifying. Fired me up. As uh, yeah, speaking of which, Sean falling asleep during the race, but watching qualifying and we're all texting. I I happened to be out at a uh, an establishment where they serve spirits, and happened to look over and be like, "Oh yeah, qualifying's on right now. This oh, no is way. awesome." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have I like, like everything. It's on TV. I have it all on my phone and my calendar, like half an hour out. It's like free practice one. I'm like, okay, see you there. Like I, I would never miss any F1 <laughs> program. <laughs> program. I, it's good for the program. <laughs> is that a Canadian thing or is that just the way you said it? No, just the way I said it. We say program yeah, normally, yeah. don't we? <laughs> yeah, program. Well, flag. Glory. Organization. Casey didn't know Katie's from Canada. She's in Canada now. Yeah. It is a good question, though. I like that because it's so easy to go, yeah, Max is going to win every single race. And it does look that way. But look at last year. Like his car. What did he say yeah, on the he radio? He only won 17 races. Yeah, look at that. No, I know. But there were, <laughs> what I'm saying is there were a few that he didn't. But we got really great quotes like, the engine is shitting itself. <laughs> like, there are times. <laughs> there are times where, like, that car breaks down. We saw it in qualifying the other week. Like, it's possible. It's not probable. Doesn't feel probable, but yeah, I like all of our answers. Yeah, and then Sean's like, "No, it's not going to be exciting. There's no reason to tune in. I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast right now. You know, and just Debbie Downer over here because his team sucks." Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, no. Okay. Right. I reserve the right to be a Debbie Downer because my team sucks. So yeah, I'm sorry. By the way, in between these three red flags, how was the racing? I mean. Pretty good. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> this has been good. episode one of the Gridiron Podcast. This is F1 Explained. Pretty. Now, there's, there's carnage at there's carnage at the bookends, but in the middle we get a, a plain Wonder Bread white sandwich with bologna and mayo in the middle. There were oh. a few good overtakes. There were some moments. Yeah, come on. I like what like watching yep. Lewis and Fernando again. I just like watching those two, and I love Lewis going. There's- I'm not losing to him so dramatic yeah exactly and that's the thing it's so like uh, we're watching at the bar and, and one of my my buddies is like has no idea what is going on so I, I i'm you know had a few and i'm just like oh yeah all right i'm gonna explain all of it to you really quickly right now okay so this guy is in fifth but his team sucked for the last 10 years and they used to be really good in the 90s because they had this uh this uh suspension that was better than everybody else's and it would adjust to the curves of the track and they dominated and then but they're a family-owned team and then all the companies came in and they decided to inject all these teams with money and they fell behind and then now they sold to an american team so now they're kind of good and now look at that him being up in fifth place that's a huge deal and this guy over here he just crashed out in q1 oh q1 by the way that's where they go from 20 to 15 and q2 is 15 to 10 and then 
Q3 is where they set the final 10. And they're like, and this, this is, you really like this, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I really like this. This is awesome. Buddy's like, bro, all I did was ask you if you wanted another beer. <laughs> and yes. Yes. Always. <laughs> that's, th- by the way, that is the, that is the perfect uh, Twitter clip right there. Cut, dry. That's going to be our social media. Week. <laughs> you got to produce it somehow, man. You got to produce it somehow. Thank you, Logan, for your comment. Your answer is, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say yes. This sport gets too weird for us to have a non. Who will be the first, though? I agree with Katie. I think it's Fernando or it's one of the Mercedes. I think George had a great shot last weekend mm-hmm. and until his car. Well, he got screwed because they had a safety and he went into pit, which is yeah. a smart move. And then they red flagged it. And all of a sudden he lost his track position. You know, good on him for not blowing up at his team, too. He was immediately like, ah, this isn't your fault. That it's was just bad fault. luck. We, 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 we made a move with the information that we had. It was under a safety car. That means free pit stop. And as soon as they put the tires on, he goes back out. They red flag it. So yeah. he was a casualty of the red flag, but still had a good race again until his car blew up. Yeah, nine times yeah. out of ten, that's a good move. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know. It's fine. It, it, sometimes... The gods smile on you. Sometimes they give you the, the Chuck Norris. Well, Here's the thing. Thumbs, up, we, thumbs we, down. We have a three-week break now. We don't come back until the end of April, and we're going to be talking about this Australian race because there was so much drama, so much activity. We're going to be talking about it for the next three weeks. It's going to get us through the month of April to Azerbaijan, and the FIA is just fine with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking about them. They yeah. are living rent-free in our head right now, which – I don't know why you would ever want to be rent free in my head because that's a scary place. <laughs> well, it's probably better than your old apartment, at least. Uh, one True. more from Logan here. He says, uh, "No love for Lance Stroll." Shaking my head. Yeah, he's got weak wrists. Yeah, it's stronger <laughs> than you think. Titanium reinforced, John. There's pins in there. It's rebar. Carbon fiber. He's got rebar in his wrist, baby. <laughs> Uh, Logan, for reference, a few weeks back, I think it was a- it was after the first race. I did put out the question, and it is still pending. But I did ask, could Lance Stroll possibly have that dog in him? I'm oh, thinking he doesn't, but the jury is still out. I got a cheer for my Canadian. I will give love to Lance Stroll when it's deserved. But yeah, turn three was a tough scene for the kid. <laughs> He's yeah, just yeah. doing I- his da da. He's doing his thing. Yeah, not, not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, he might not have that dog in him, but you know what he does have in him? Silver spoon. That That's is true. deeply true. Yeah, that is true. And, and there's there's true. no arguing that. Uh, well, we got a few weeks before the next race, which is in Azerbaijan, Baku. Um, I, it's considered a street circuit because it runs through a city. There's the castle turn, of course. Um, but we have seen some notable blowups in the past. Uh, one of those being Max Verstappen's left rear tire. Um, we've had some other instances in which cars have failed last year. We had, uh, was it two years ago? We had the multiple tire failure. What, what do we have? Anything that was crazy last year? I think didn't, uh, did Charles crash the castle again? Yeah, <laughs> he oh. did. That's what it was. <laughs> Two things. He does. Charles does not finish his home race in Monaco, and he does not finish in Azerbaijan. He always crashes at the castle. No, no, no. Did y'all? Did no. you? No, no, no. By the way, did y'all see the video of him chasing down people that stole his watch? No. Yes. You didn't see that, Nick? No. We texted. We, Katie we and I were texting text. about this. Yes. That wasn't it's, a joke. It's during the week. You think I see all the texts? Come on. 
I think this was last Ouch. year. Someone like stole his watch. I love you. Yeah, and the the, you, the police right? finally released the pictures and video. He is chasing down these armed robbers in his custom purple Ferrari using his turn signal. Oh, hell yeah. And Dainty not going first, above baby. the speed limit. Let's go. He was being a perfect gentleman while trying to go get his watch. Back. The only way that gets safer is if he puts his hazards on. You know, like People when you're taking a pregnant lady to the pressure? hospital. He, he knows how to break under pressure. That's for sure. I think the story was there uh, were two guys that went over and asked for a selfie with him. And then he got robbed and then he ran after them. But yeah, Sean, that's what I was most impressed with. His safe driving in those circumstances. The turn signal killed me. Sometimes it pays to be a Ferrari driver and have a super powered car to chase down some people. Let's 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 just say that, you know, that 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 whole partnership, you know, Lando might have done it in a McLaren. I don't know if Lando's chasing anybody. He might just be like, "Dah." He did get Lando did get mugged too. He got mugged at the uh Euro 2020 finals. What? England Italy. Yeah. He, did he chase yeah. after the guy? No, he did not. No. He was actually quite shaken after the experience. Quite they like, yeah. He, I think they like held him at knife point or something, and oh. like yeah, they like took his watch and all that stuff. Like as he was getting into his McLaren, they like robbed him after the game. Well, um, you know, Katie said Lance Stroll may not have that dog in him. Uh, I think we have a new uh, answer. Jury, in jur- no, jury's low. Don't put words yeah, in my okay. mouth. Jury's well, we have we have definitive proof. I would like to present to the court right now evidence three six seven. Wait, no, evidence sixteen. Charles Leclerc has the dog in him. Evidence four, number four, earlier in the docket, Lando Norris may not have the dog. No evidence of dog in him at this point. Did Jury's you see still. the x-ray to confirm? Um, well, that's that falls under HIPAA, so I'm just going <laughs> to choose to decline. I plead the fifth. Thank you. He's Canadian. Yeah, well, it's different laws. Yeah. I don't know. Any, you don't I mean, HIPAA. we already tested my geography in the past. I don't know anything about Canada. I don't even know where it took me a while to figure out where Katie was. Time zones. What are those? I, you know, we, we're dealing with a lot of hurdles here, folks. It, it's all football here and nonsensical music lyrics. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, let's shift off of Formula One. Thank you again, Logan, for your comments, your participation, your interaction. The engagement is important to the show when we do it live. We'll do it live. We are going to switch over to football, which there's not a lot of stuff to talk about right now. It's pre-draft. It's kind of the lull. We're past the waves of free agency. We've I've done my roster reset. Well, half of it, the other half comes next week. So you know we're at that point now where it's like, this is what they did. This is what they still need to address. This is the burning question. Go do it. Go answer it. Go let it all play out. And in in between the combine and free agency and the draft is pro day season. And that's pretty much over at this point. We've seen the quarterbacks. We've seen the majority of the notable guys. It's It's all about getting fitted for your suits and deciding whether you're going to crop your dress shirt and what kind of shoes you're going to, are you going to go shorts or pants? Who's going to walk? Is your mom coming to the red carpet? You know, that's what we're at this point now, you know, go, go get tailored, get set. The draft is about to be here. The show is about to begin. So as this pro day season winds down, I, you know, a, a quick recap, all the quarterbacks look pretty good. Um, Will Levis is jacked. We knew that. TJ Stroud looked good. Bryce Young looked good. They're going to look good in those situations. Johnny Manziel put I mean, pads and a helmet on and looked good one time. It's just, it's manufactured for that to happen. So now I guess we advance to the next point, which is, Sean, this is the question you presented because the, the feeling on this guy is all over the place. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson put on a show at the NFL Scouting Combine. He tested off the charts. 
He's a big dude. He looks like a professional football player. You saw him in a supermarket. You see him at Ralph's in LA or Publix, kind of down near where Sean lives. I don't know what other Piggly Wiggly. You see him at a Piggly Wiggly, you know, right there. That is Anthony Richardson. And that guy is an NFL football player. Do we believe the hype? Because he's got all the, he looks like Cam Newton. He's got a better arm than Cam Newton. But the consistency there, the results, small sample size, some questions to be answered that I don't think we're going to get answers to until he takes the NFL field. Do you believe the hype, guys? I mean, I've lived in Florida now for the past five years, so every Saturday I've seen the Gators football in some sort of fashion, whether it was Felipe Franks at quarterback or Emory Jones or Kyle Trask or now Anthony Richardson. And you look at what Richardson has done in college, and it's not impressive. I mean, yeah, he would have these freak plays, and he is an insane athlete. And yes, when you put him in a t-shirt and shorts with no one guarding him, he looks amazing. Oh, he can throw the ball 65 yards through the air. Oh, he just threw a ball and hit the top of the, the dome on the practice facility. What an amazing arm he has. When I was watching some pre-draft coverage this week, this is what stuck with me. One of these insiders said, you know, his stock is rising. His pro day was amazing. It only, you know, confirmed the hype surrounding Anthony Richardson. Uh, and then glossed over a very important detail. While he was just praising Richardson, he said, does he have trouble reading coverages? Yes. In fact, he probably can't do it at all. Oh. So you're going to have to teach him how to do that. Hold up. Pump the brakes. Rewind a little bit. Reset yourself. Did you just say a guy that some are projecting to go top five overall doesn't know how to read a defense? And you're going to need to teach him how to do that? Okay, fine. If the talent is there, you can teach a guy how to do that. You can teach the, the tangibles, right? You can't teach the intangibles. The problem, though, becomes what NFL franchise is equipped to do that? What NFL franchise is going to pick a guy top five, not play him for a year, maybe two, while he learns how to play quarterback? I don't know if any franchise would do that. You know, Sean, if I didn't know you were in the business, I'd say you, you have some untapped potential here, my friend, because that's quite a setup. Because it's all over the place with the projection for where he goes, right? Some people see the, the, the intangibles, the physical tools, the potential, raw talent, ceiling is sky high. I saw it for myself in Indy, blown away as soon as he let one rip down the sideline, 50 yards in the air, an absolute beauty of a throw. It was so pretty, I got chills, okay? I've been there and been in the same seat for Justin Herbert's pro day. Didn't get chills that day. Definitely didn't get chills at any of the quarterbacks last year. I think Desmond Ritter was my honorable mention. Not a strong class last year. This guy is different. He's got the tools, but the polish is not there. The accuracy, uh, he, his, his, his fundamentals, his mechanics are not consistent. And if you look at, I saw somebody tweet a chart the other day about um, depth of target and how he did in terms of above average, at average, or below average in terms of completion percentage, quality of throw, that type of thing. I don't remember exactly the metric they were using, but it was all about depth of target. There was like uh, a, an iron curtain, if you will, a Berlin wall right in the middle at about five to eight yards, which is exactly what I saw in his workout now on air. It okay. Yeah, because well, it was like a wall, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's what it was. It was blue before it was red. Fine. <laughs> Beyond it was red because he's good deep. He's good throwing deep. He's good throwing short. See, I worked on the phrasing there. And the in between, I was like, that fits. That matches what I've seen so far. So I think if you take all that into account, 
then you might have reason to be worried. Or you're the coach who thinks, I can fix him. I can mold him. I can make him into a star. I need the raw talent. Give me the clay. I'll make him into a masterpiece, right? To go back to your question, Sean, you said, what NFL coach is equipped to do that, to teach somebody how to supposedly What NFL read? franchise, not just coach I have franchise. an example for you. The example okay. is in the dominant best quarterback in the NFL right now. Who is that, Sean? Who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Uh, Katie knows this answer. I didn't think it was hard. <laughs> yeah. And you draw a break. He retired. <laughs> there you go. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes himself has admitted that he did not fully understand how to read defenses for the first year and a half of his career. Look how that turned out. Am I saying Anthony Richardson is Patrick Mahomes? No, he's got a lot of the tools Mahomes has. He's actually probably a better athlete than Mahomes is. But it's about situation, which is what we talk about all the time. Situation matters. By the way, sorry, I thought you were—I I thought you were trying to like set me up for something else. I—I I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I threw no the hoop, you were and you weren't about. even looking. Okay. I was like, yeah, I was like, I thought you because earlier before the show you said Seattle. I'm like, Geno Smith. Well, now is you're not blowing the surprise. Yes, it is Geno Smith. The surprise yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, he had a—he was a Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's the comeback player of the year. Damn it! Get yeah, it right. Good. good. Good ride the, G- ride the uh, Gino yeah. coaster, front row. You and Greg Rosenthal on front row of the Gino coaster. No. So my point is this. Situation matters. And then we go to the mock drafts, and you see him drafted fifth to Indianapolis or whatever it is, right? I don't know about that situation. That's, that's, a, that's a new frontier for them. I'm not sure that's the ideal. Their offensive line was not as good as it was supposed to be last year. Chris Ballard admitted that. He said, I tried to pass together. didn't work out. That contributed to our downfall. But if you look at certain mock drafts, you see the fit. It's right in front of us. As long as he makes it out of the top 10 and a team doesn't get greedy or wide-eyed or dreaming of grandeur, then he might just fall all the way down to number 20, which is right where NFL Network's Bucky Brooks has Anthony Richardson being drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. And I'll tell you what, if there's a franchise that can get a guy acclimated that isn't coached by Andy Reid, it's probably this one. Talk about stability. They've been there for over a decade. Look what they did last year when everybody, including myself, had them sitting in last place. Katie, I was so hard on your team, and they surprised so many people and made the playoffs, okay? That's a franchise that can do it. So I turn it to you, Katie. The Seahawks spend pick number 20 on Anthony Richardson. They had a pretty productive offseason. They added a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They look like they could take the next step as long as Geno plays well. How are you reacting if that former Florida Gator is suddenly the quarterback of the future of your team? Well, I've been a classic Geno Smith supporter as well. So there's a part of me that's like, how about we don't bring anyone in and we just let Geno play for the next 12 seasons? That would be best case for me. Let Geno cook. <laughs> let, let him Gino cook. cook. <laughs> but with someone like Anthony Richardson, like I'm not going to pretend that I've watched him as much as you guys have. I've just seen clips and highlights on TV, whatever I can find. But I like what you were saying, Nick, about someone like that, where you have that potentially really high ceiling, it totally depends on the system that you're placed into. The coaching staff, what your offensive line looks like, what your expectations are when you go in, how ready you have to be. There are certain guys that go in and they're expected to just play like this right away. And it doesn't always work that way. So Sean, like you were saying, if you have to learn how to properly read a defense, a lot of that depends on the coaching staff. And Seattle is a coaching staff that I do have a lot of trust in, especially with the whole Russell Wilson and get Pete Carroll out of there instead. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, get Russ out of there. And look what happened. Like the Seahawks just mm-hmm. blew the expectations out of the water in such a fun way that I think he would be a really nice fit to back up Gino. He's there. He gets to learn. But 
yeah, like I said off the top, like selfishly, I'm just such a fan of Geno Smith that I'm like, I don't really want him to have the chance to get dethroned because I just love what he's been up to. I mean, it was I fun. agree with what you said, though, Nick. Like, yeah, if he goes to one of those teams, like top ten, those organizations aren't equipped for that man. I, I, I especially, I mean, oh my god, if you're the Colts, because they're going to bring in someone to for him to learn under. Who's that going to be? Like Gardner Minshew. When you're when you're when you're two and ten, you're going to tell me that like the the chance for the fans to let Anthony Richardson play, even though when he's not ready, are going to be quieted. No, no. If he's you, in a you bad know, you situation, know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen there. What'll happen is they'll struggle to like a one and three start to the first month, and everybody's going to be calling for. I've seen it happen in Cleveland for two decades. They start calling for the rookie. Get the rookie in there. He's gonna. He's the hope. He's he's going to lead us to victory. When you guys don't realize that he probably isn't ready, and that's going to stunt his growth significantly and put you back not just a month, but years, but years. So yeah, you're right, Sean. Uh, and, and you know it. And by the way, it was Colts pick four, not pick five, but um. It just doesn't make sense. If you're not getting Bryce Young or CJ Stroud in that top five, top 10, I don't think it makes sense. The other guys just have too many questions, too many things where I watched him at the combine. And I'm like, no, I mean, maybe at back end of first round, but no way I'm spending a top 15 pick on this guy. Richardson, right situation, yes, but that situation doesn't exist as the draft order currently stands. Now, I'm going to present this to you real quick just because I had this thought today. Baltimore remains an interesting situation. They do not have the draft capital to move up, but if the Lamar thing is not solved in the next few weeks and they are suddenly up against it, up you know behind the eight ball, up against the wall, and they feel like we're, we're he, he might not even play, right? Like that's a potential, right? It's not been said, but because of Le'Veon Bell, there is precedent for that. If they're in that situation where suddenly we probably have to move on from Lamar and they swing a deal and they get Say they trade with Indianapolis. Not saying that they will, because that fit doesn't really make sense. But say they do. They actually they could run an offense similar to what Baltimore did in the last few years with Jonathan Taylor. But then they suddenly get a ton of draft capital. Say they get the fourth pick. Say they they, they make a trade with somebody else that's in there, and then they have more ammo to move up. Maybe they could get, be a team that does that. I think there's multiple possibilities. But then again, you're running into an instance in where he's going to be expected to play early, which is why the Seattle thing makes so much sense. And Katie, I think you could have your cake and eat it too. I really do. I think that he could go to Seattle. He could sit behind Gino for a year or two, figure it out, and then step in when he's ready. And, and I think they'll give him the patience and the time because honestly, as we learned last year, they shouldn't have been here anyway. They shouldn't have been here anyway. So I, I think that that's, uh, that might be the ideal situation. So I love that pick from Bucky. I also love Bucky taking CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. I agree with that. No bias there, just between the two players. I think the more pro-ready guy, the more you know archetype guy, He's CJ Stroud. Going to the comments here real quick. Going to the chat. We got Badger Smith 85 with a scary profile picture down in the corner there. That is very close to your face. Uh, judging from his college play, surely an NFL defense would eat him up. Maybe. Maybe not. Not a, not a large sample size, right? 13 games, 13 starts. Yeah. Same number as Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> and that couldn't have gone any better. Look what Mitch Trubisky's done. <laughs> He's beaten Tom Brady a couple times at least. Has that in his belt. Yeah, when we Nick had, uh, asked be- who the best quarterback is, I was deciding between Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky. Oh yeah, of course. Duh. Totally. That's that's yeah, the kid from Metter, baby. You know, he's 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 a stud. Worth that number two pick. Go get him. Go get him, Ryan Pace. Uh Big B said, Don't Deshaun Kaiser him. That's fair. I don't know if Kaiser didn't have the tools, but that's fair. They threw him in there way too early, and I think even he admitted it. 
And of course, Bust Trubisky. Yes, he was a bust indeed. All right, uh, that's going to do it for football talk here. Uh, Let's wrap this up under an hour, folks. We're going to bring back Hater Love It from the old show because that was a staple. But before we do that, let's do a quick explanation for those who are new here, those who are tuning in who came to us via and around the NFL retweet, Sean's Twitter in the Tampa and essentially Florida, general Florida area. Maybe you're coming to him from Quincy, Illinois, Hazard, Kentucky. Oh, shout out to Town, Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but anybody who's new here, why don't we introduce ourselves here a little bit and explain the purpose of this podcast and why we've relaunched as this. Katie, you take the lead. Oh, where, where do I start? What am I saying about myself? Hi, um, I'm Katie. Hi, my name's Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Um, so I'm a freelance <laughs> sports broadcaster and host, so I've done all sorts of things, mostly in hockey, and then I made a very active switch to football due to the hockey culture that I no longer wanted to be a part of. Um, Nick and I met, actually, it's kind of a long story. Do we go into it right now? I can try and make it quick. My connection to Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You can make it quick. Yeah. Okay. So I was, when I was in school, I went back to school in 2017, um, for sports broadcasting and I was an active listener of the around the NFL podcast. So in April, 2017, uh, Chris Wessling openly talked about on the podcast about uh, getting cancer. Um, and two days later, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I went through the whole process and it was really scary and awful and knock on wood, all is fine now. But eventually I reached out to Chris and I said, hey, my name's Katie. This is my story. I've been a listener of the pod since day one. Um, listening to you go through your battle was really, really helpful for me. And I felt like we went through it together. And I got this long novel back from him and it was so nice to meet you. And we went there and we talked about all of it. Sorry, this makes my voice shake. <laughs> and he was the first person in the entire world that I really talked about my cancer journey with because I was away from all my family, all my friends in Toronto. And he became my first cancer support system. So we stayed in touch. We never got to meet in person, unfortunately, before he got sick again and passed away. But when he passed, that was my cancer support system going away. So he's always been a really, really deep part of my heart and my soul. And Nick was on the Around the NFL podcast, and then he would come in and take over for Chris and then followed Nick on Twitter and we became friends. And so it it kind of is a cool like full circle moment that Nick, you and I are working together and now you, Sean, which has been so great to meet you. But I just feel like Chris would have loved this, that we know each other and that's really, really special. So yeah, I'm really grateful to be a part of it with you guys and think of Chris all the time and all the Around the NFL podcast guys. But yeah, it's pretty great that I invited Nick when I was doing Sportsnet Radio in Vancouver. I invited him on as my very first interview, which Nick, I don't know if you know oh, that. I that was your first. <laughs> you wow. were my first requested guest. So during midway during the interview, I sat on my cord and then my mic got disconnected because I was doing it from Kimberly. I actually live 10 hours away from Vancouver. So I was doing it from the condo I'm in now, virtually out of Vancouver. So I wasn't in the studio with anybody. And all of a sudden during the interview, I just dropped off and I'm looking down. I'm like, shit, oh my God, I can't find my cord. So then Bick, my co-host is like, I think we lost Katie. <laughs> But yeah, it was cool. You were my first requested guest. But yeah, it's been an absolute ride. And I'm so happy to be here with you guys. We're very happy to have have you. And I'm I'm happy to have been introduced to you the way that we were. And I I feel the same way. You know, um, Chris would have loved this. You know, Wes, man, he was 
one of a kind. And I'm not surprised at all that he wrote you a novel because that's exactly who he was. And uh, yeah, I mean, when, when me and Sean started, you know, our Sean and Shook podcast, and it would just be us kind of BSing about, you know, sports in general, just a way for us to stay connected. But then I realized, you know, we need somebody else and we need somebody who knows what they're talking about and has experience. And that was you. And you've been a fantastic fit so far. And we're very, very fortunate and happy to have you. And now I go over to Sean, who is going to avoid all the college stories between he and I and explain <laughs> who he is. I was going to say, you know, I almost don't want to follow because that was such a heartfelt, touching story. That the first time I'm hearing that as well. I mean, when Katie came in, uh, Nick, Nick framed this uh, as, you know, hey, I've got this this guest we're going to have on this week and she's going to jump on from time to time. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. So I was kind of like, you know, the older brother, like. That when when the baby is first brought home, you're like, who's that? Does, does, does it live here with us now? It's is it going to be staying here a while? We're keeping it. Okay. Okay. What's okay. its name? And next thing I know, he slaps the, with Katie Caldwell on the Sean and Shook podcast logo. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it is staying here. Sometimes, helps, sometimes you just gotta act. If it helps, I didn't sign up for that. I was like, yeah, I'll I come know. on as a and guest was, one time. That was and the then, funniest thing, too. And you were like, oh, I guess I am a part of this now. And you were you totally went with it. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. So kudos to you for just in, in, entering this weird thing we've got going on uh, here. It is I, he who acts unilaterally, doesn't <sighs> ask anybody. Pretty much. Dear uh, God. But <laughs> do I have to avoid the college stories? Yeah, you can give a quick summary. We're almost coming up on I was on about to say, well. Nick and I have known each other for... God, 12 years now, 13 years 13 now going years, on. Yeah. Uh, man, time flies. We met freshman year at Kent State University in Kent, Ohio. Go Flashes. And uh, one day we were paired together to go cover the World Vision Classic at Cleveland State University. Oh, yeah. And uh, Nick drove us up to Cleveland to cover the uh, Kent State men's basketball team in his rickety Honda Civic that shook if it got over 50 miles per hour. And yeah, I thought it was going to die. It was tires, I found out later, but. Um. Yeah, because of F one, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we we those things were drained in. Let me tell you. But ever since then, I mean, like we've we've all we've honestly traveled the world together. I mean, Nick and I, we've we've been on vacation together in Delaware. We've taken a class together in Europe. We've gotten drunk on the cobblestone streets of Tallinn, Estonia, and Munich, Germany. Um, and it's kind of just led us to this podcast where, like Nick said, you know, we wanted to just kind of stay in touch, stay together, talk about sports and kind of shoot the shit. And so we started the Sean and Chuck podcast. It took us a while to get even to, I think, what did we end with? 75, 74 74, episodes. Because we're not going to get to 75. Over four years, we would do it on and off periodically. And, you know, it took Katie coming on to say, hey, we can actually turn this into something because we kind of have a belief in ourselves that, you know, we, we are good enough to deliver this show to the masses. What masses, I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go along. But um, I'm excited for this this pivot that we're doing, and I'm excited for this new journey. Well said, Sean. I have nothing further to add uh, other than, um, yeah, I, I work for NFL.com, and you probably found me that way, and I cover the oh, I work. Oh, yeah, by the way, I work for Fox 13 News here in Tampa, Florida. I'm a sports reporter. That's, that's my job. And a that, that was Sean in the intro video. Yeah, and he's a Florida man. As Katie said, he's a Florida man. It's important. Yeah. To so that's who we are. And this is what we talk about football and formula one. And this was our first episode. And you know what, even though we're coming up on an hour, let's just do it. Why don't, why not? Why not? Let's just do it. You know what? Hate it or love it. The old segment from the Sean and Chuck podcast. 
with Katie Caldwell, comes back and guess what? Katie, you're leading it off. Am I hating it or loving it first? It's always hating? hates and then it's loves. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm up in Canada and it's almost springtime and I'm getting really excited about that. And then yesterday we got like 18 centimeters of snow and I'm really miserable that it happened and winter is still here. A Santa what? Oh, everyone else in the world uses the metric system, Sean. Anyways, a centimeter, which is like, I don't know what to, that is in inches. I don't know. We everyone else uses the metric system. Give me a break, okay? There has been this a bit of a Google. international barrier with certain things between the Canadian and the Americans. Geography. <laughs> Anyways, that's my hate yeah, this week is I want it to be summertime or springtime and we just got another dump of snow and I'm over it. That's it. What was that what number, about Katie? You, Sean? 18. Centimeters. 18 centimeters. Uh that's 7 inches. It's substantial. It's not a foot, that's but it's a, all right. That, yeah, it's a, a lot dusting. for April, no, which is really annoying. That's pretty decent dusting. But you're yeah. a skier, so, you know, that's cool, right? I know. You know I did fresh powder, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally me yesterday up, up on the chairlift, like, oh, there's so much sick pow. <laughs> so I don't truly, oh, no. I don't hate it that much. But um, now I'm done skiing for the season, so I hate it again. I only had a okay. temporary window while skiing yesterday where it was okay. That's fair. My hate is also uh, regional, Katie, is uh, Florida drivers. They are the worst, bar none, in these United States, possibly all of North America, probably all of North America, possibly the world. Um, the number of times that I almost get T-boned, hit while walking and while driving is just astronomical, and it's never happened to me in my 30 years of life before moving to this fine state. Um yeah, I was I was trying to merge onto a, a highway yesterday and just making like a right hand turn onto an on ramp, and some woman in an SUV was making a left hand turn onto the on ramp. She had the light, I had the yield sign, so I was yielding. But for some reason, she thought it would be a good idea instead of just making the left hand turn to start to make the left hand turn, make a right hand turn down this street I was on. And then realize, oh, she's going the wrong way. Make a U-turn right into my car. And I mean, she came within about five feet of just nailing me. And then she laid on her horn like it was my fault. Did she give you, did she flip you off? You know, the old Florida wave? No, she didn't. And I was in a news vehicle, not a marked one. I need to take advantage of that. So I didn't flick her off either. Smart man wants to stay employed. Good for you. Well, it's not a marked car, though. It's not a marked car, so I can get away with it a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You, ever, you ever feeling frisky? You let that lady no one, know. No one can call in and say, the Fox 13 man cut me off. The guy in the white van that... Oh, we won't go there. We've we've the line enough today. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay safe from the streets of Florida there, Sean. You Thank know, you. Uh, the snowbirds will be gone before you know it, and you get, you'll get your life back. You know, just the, the end of season approaches, okay? It is near. It is near. Uh, my hate, um, we're going to be moving soon, so I hate the stress and anxiety of knowing that you're moving soon and you have to pack. But really, my hate is this. And I've, I've come across this many times. I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but as you, if you don't know, I live in Cleveland. And for whatever reason, the youths here, the youths, especially the downtown youths, the socialites, love to wear stuff that says L.A. on it. And I can guarantee you 90% of them have never been west of the Mississippi and never been in Southern California if they have been west of the Mississippi for more than a week. You're a bunch of pretenders. 
You don't like the Lakers. You don't know anything about the Dodgers. Find something cooler to do. It's not cool, guys. Didn't your basketball fan base up there in Cleveland famously hashtag OK Clee because they were rooting for the Thunder over the Heat? Also, the Mavaliers, wasn't that a thing too? All right, what, what's your, what, look, okay. w- w- weren't you gaslighting like an entire country, just like basically anyone that was playing yeah, LeBron 19 James? 19-year-old okay. me was, sorry. Hashtag okay, Clee. Okay, but you know what? Listen to this here, Sean. Okay, I'm going to tell you this real quick. You Take got, a lesson from your own past, Shook. You got one of two things to choose here, Sean. You can either let Michael Massey off the hook, or you can let me off, not me, but this general region off of that. Um, hmm. How about no to either? We're gonna go with no. That's fair. About, I'm gonna no. hold on to the Mavaliers and the OK Cleave for about like ever. No, Kumi, shout hold- out, LA baby. I, I, I got a typo in there. LA Bapt. LA LA Bapt. LA Bapt. <laughs> Episode two. LA Bapt. Uh, Katie, what's your love? I love that we have got this podcast off the ground. The word is out. Oh, first said, Big B. Can said, we let's let's he, read yeah, Big, Big B's hate. His- he said, my hate is when tourists come to my small ass town thinking it's so cool. Well, it could be worse. <laughs> they could be coming down to I do live in a small ass lives. tourist town as well. I also hate yeah. it. People from Alberta, get out of here. Oh, yeah, I don't know where that is. Parts. I don't know where that is. God. <laughs> we know like so much about America. Country, right? You don't know either. You don't know either. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the middle, right? Like, yeah, that's what the middle. No, uh, no. Half the people in the U.S. would think Ohio is in the middle. Oh, well, no, 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 it's not, wait, no, no, it's not the middle. It's, it's the second to the most left, right? Yes. Very uh, good. Okay. Yes. I'm yes. very proud of you. So I if, so am. If I'm, going, in... if I'm going west to east, it's BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario? Manitoba. Oh. Manitoba. I always oh. forget about Manitoba. Yeah. And, and then green up the rear with none of that information is me. <laughs> Um, yes. Anyways, Anyways to your love, Katie. Sorry. I do feel that. Yeah, my love is I'm just really happy this podcast is um, off the ground. I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, Sean, I deeply apologize that my parents brought me home and you didn't weren't the only <laughs> sibling anymore. <laughs> um, like I said in a previous episode, if it helps, I never planned on being a co-host. Nick just announced me as one one day as my first time as a guest and I'm sitting there like, what? I'm, I'm what <laughs> kudos kudos to you for like following through and be like okay i guess i'm doing this i guess now. i'm a podcast co-host now um even though i've always been deeply terrified of being on air most of my work has been behind the scenes but <laughs> um yeah it's been really fun and i'm so excited for it i feel like i had a bit of a max verstappen start trying to talk about max verstappen off the start <laughs> but now we're rolling it can only go up from here <laughs> <laughs> rolling two puns all right <laughs> uh sean is your love our love's all gonna be the same thing no my love is gonna be how uh everyone in formula one is slowly but surely confidently saying lewis is an eight-time world champion if you haven't seen the videos i think uh in the past like week charles leclerc has accidentally said lewis eight-time world champion and kind of stopped himself uh lewis was introduced at a school in england as eight-time world champion lewis hamilton and then most recently last night lando norris was live streaming his uh, wall of helmet collections. And he said, oh, that helmet's uh, from when Lewis won his eighth and like just stopped and like realized what just came out of his mouth. And he like put his head down and just realized the mistake he had made, but kind of just kept going. It's creeping up. Like everyone is confidently starting to say, okay, he's an eight-time world champion. It's a Freudian slip and everyone is making it. It's hilarious. That's my love. 
Didn't All right. Know that. That's yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, my love's not going to be any different than Katie's. Um, I love this new journey that we're on. And um, I love that people tuned in and chimed in and participated because that's going to make the show a lot of fun. And I love that you're all going to follow us because you know you will over to YouTube where it's at Gridiron Pod. Gridiron. Let's make Gridiron. Grid drivers and iron football. Yeah, you get it. Okay. Gridiron Pod. You can find us there on YouTube. Uh, I'm still in the process of rebranding all of our other pages, which will be happening fairly quickly. You may still see Sean and Shook on your Spotify player, but trust that is the new home of this podcast. And I'm thankful to everybody like Logan, Big B, Badger Smith, Kumi jumping in there saying hello, and everybody else who listens now, listens later, watches later. You've all been fantastic. And Big B had one question for us that I wanted to address real quick, and that's what I'm trying to get to here, which is, will you guys ever bring a guest on the pod? Great question, Absolutely. Big B. Great question. Aren't you, aren't you enough, Big B? Aren't you enough? <laughs> We're going to bring Big B and the Three Stooges, as his profile pick <laughs> indicates, on the show all at once. Actually, Big B and I will uh, will play a little bit of Warzone together sometimes. So, you know, it's a pretty good chat. Pretty good chat. Maybe be a good guest. But no, we will be bringing guests on the pod in the future. Loading up. This is just the start of a beautiful journey. So... That is the end of episode one. Look at that, folks. We tried to keep it tight. We still went over an hour. And some Sean Perry, Florida, man. Great lower third, Sean. You're always good for some surprise. Every time. Sean, would you smile real quick so I can take a screenshot of that and that can be our promo? There we go. Okay, there we go. Beautiful. I will screenshot that Stunning, later. Stunning, compelling, rich. He is a Florida man, unlike any other. For Sean Barry and Katie Caldwell, I'm Nick Shook. How do we end this, Sean? Do we do it as we always have, or no, should we come up with no, another it's one? it's got to be new. Got to leave that in the past, bro. Until next time, guys, continue to live life in the fast lane. Oh, yeah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>